All right, everybody, we are back. Week three of the podcast, week three of NFL season. Uh, actually, big things to talk about today. There were trades that happened. There were huge waiver wire bids. Huge. Uh, we're going to get into that. Obviously, we got hindsight. We got matchups. Really excited. No guests today. Michael Moran is not in Matt's basement, a.k.a. the studio, uh, but still really excited to record. So let's just jump right into it. Let's do it. All right, let's hop into it. Just yes. back, just back to the boys, just the dirty boys in the <laughs> dirty basement the doing dungeon. doing dirty things. Mm, nope. Speaking nope. of speaking of dungeons, had a great Dungeons and Dragons session last night. Oh my gosh! With Joe and Andrew Dalton and AJ Yorio and John Moonanian. Ugh, Dude. I hate this. Wait, have you ever played? Have you no. Ever? Okay. I went to the freaking Gorge Weekend and watched you guys play for like four hours. You didn't watch us play. You were asleep. I slept. I ended up sleeping because yeah. after like 30 minutes, I was like, I... Well, I, we invited you to play with us. You did. You did. And then you were asleep. And then I was asleep. And it, we it started. Done. Yeah. And then you guys just started. And then it never stopped. Yeah, it went for a long it time. It seemed like it, it went for a really long time. It was for like five hours. But so far over my head. And that, that wasn't even like really the full experience because this is like we've had this campaign going for like eight weeks now. Oh, my God. So like you're getting to know the characters and like last week we were supposed to like fight. So in Dungeons and Dragons, right, it's totally open world. Like there is a world that you're you kind of have soft objectives. But we just randomly decided to like throw a coup over an entire nation, like little small town, basically. Yeah. And so we ended up, like, murdering an entire, like, structure to the point where the dungeon master was like, yeah, I did not expect this, so I've got to replan the whole night here real quick. <laughs> and we were just like, yes, yes. So it's basically GTA, yes, a board game. Yes, that is actually probably the best description of it that you could have. <laughs> because, like, there's a mission that you're supposed to do, but then, like... You can totally you go can off just, on a tangent. You can just do whatever you steal want. Steal somebody's car and drive it into the river, you know? Figure it out. Yeah, like Joe tried to tame a dog last night, and we didn't want him to have a what dog, so we just killed the dog. He was not. Oh happy. my god, he was not happy. It's a brutal world. It's a brutal world. I mean, I'm half dragon, so I'm not really looking to keep <laughs> dogs around. Uh, so, little uh, window into my life. I just yeah, don't understand that game, <laughs> dude. It's great. I took a night off of World of Warcraft to play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, is basically god. what happened. <laughs> So I'm Went big, from dragons to dragons. Yeah, I'm the biggest nerd on the planet. But uh, <laughs> let's jump into the other thing that I nerd out about, even though I despise it at this moment in time. Uh, fantasy football. Uh, let's jump into trades first in the league. Yeah. So uh, first we'll go with a trade that actually happened. Yes. So after much uh, wheeling and dealing, and by wheeling and dealing I mean basically just posting random Baker gifts in <laughs> the, uh, the group me, I have finally removed Baker from my team. In a trade that I think went really well for both me and John. And I think, like, oh, yeah. to me, this felt like a really, really good trade because John has tight end and tight end depth. Oh, yeah. So he did not need David and Joku. There was no scenario, really, in which he was going to play David and Joku. And Cam Newton is now he, – he traded for him even before all this foot stuff came out. Oh, he yeah. was just kind of thinking, like, Cam Newton looks like he's off. He's probably hurt. We don't know any of the news. He traded for Baker – he wanted Baker. I didn't need Baker. He didn't need Njoku. Baker had a, at least what we both perceived, to be a higher value than Njoku. So we threw a pick in for it because I, I'm kind of looking oh, yeah. towards picks at this moment because I 
I don't know what this season's going to turn out for me. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> so I felt like it was a really good pick because it wasn't one team trying to take advantage of one another. It was John reached out to me looking to solve my tight end problem, and he saw that I could solve his quarterback problem, mm-hmm. and we figured it out. So to me, it felt it was kind of funny right after the fact that we saw a bunch of people in the chat talking about how badly I, like, quote-unquote, won the trade. And it just, to me, it just didn't feel like... There, there, I, that, it wasn't, I wasn't totally even, one-sided. Yeah, and I guess yeah. I also wasn't even trying to do that necessarily. I was just trying to make it... I was literally just trying to make it fair. Yeah. Because, like, Baker and, like, a... I don't know. If it was, like, Baker and Nick... Or Njoku and, like, Nick Chubb or something, that would be, like, completely unfair. Yeah. But, like, I, for this, what it feels like is that it, it was really fair. So, what do you think about how that all played out? Do you agree with me or do you think that... Do you have a different perspective on that? Uh, so, I kind of... I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's totally one-sided. I think it, for me personally, I think it inches a little bit more in your favor prior to the most recent news of Njoku, I don't know, whatever, uh, possibly being hurt. Um, it, it was absolutely, though, a really good trade for both of you. Like like you said, Nefley was stacked on tight ends. He's got TJ Hawkinson, he's got uh, Chris Herndon, Jordan Reed, and then he had David Njoku on top of that. He had four tight ends. That's way right. too many. So he switched that and went to four quarterbacks with Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, Mitch Trubisky, and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, so I, I like. I, I think the reason I think you won it is because like you were never going to play Baker. That's ever. right. But he you, was never going to play Njoku. He could have though. Like Njoku could end up being a, a better play than Hawkinson. Like Hawkinson, we've seen two games of him. Yeah, that's true. There's no guarantee that he's going to be some like top dog, best tight end in the NFL. And Njoku was expected to be that. And I like, especially because this is a dynasty league now, and well, not now, because this is a dynasty league, getting that second round rookie can be huge. Like my second round picks this past year were my better picks. Like right amazing value can be found in the second and that is a, that is what excites me most about that trade is like you got a second round on top of Njoku which obviously Baker for Njoku is not a fair trade yeah right you gotta toss in something so I, it was a very good trade I like your side of it more personally just gotcha. preference though yeah I think it's it's a little weird to me and, and again I, I can see how you you would see that but I, I and I don't think this is what you're doing but I think it's kind of weird to assign objective value scales to trades because mm. trades should be like good trades will be very team dependent. Oh yeah. So like for Absolutely. example, like if I mm-hmm. wanted to trade Mike Evans for Chris Carson, that might sound like whoever's getting Mike Evans is really winning out. Or maybe mm-hmm. Chris Carson's a bad example, depending on what you believe. Say like James Conner. Yeah, maybe that sounds really bad for the James Conner owner, unless they desperately need a wide receiver. So like, yeah. trades really are like a sliding value scale. I think. Oh, and I think what a lot of people try and do is when they see a trade, is they assign like an objective value scale of like mm-hmm. this is what I would rather. They have. look at the player that they wanted in that trade. Exactly. It. It's like, oh, if it were me, I would be on this side. But you're not in that trade. Yeah. So like, it you got to think about the teams that are interacting mm-hmm. in the trade, not just. You can't just go into, like, fantasy football calculator or whatever, type oh, in the names and be gosh. like, Ugh. I can't stand that. I'm not going to lie. That is my least favorite, like, analysis on a trade. Because you're absolutely right. A trade is 100% team dependent. If you are making a trade for a running back for a running back, they should be the same exact expectations. Right. 
Like that is not how trades one running backs. Nobody does a one for one running back because it doesn't make sense unless unless you have like a disproportionate belief compared to the rest of the community about the back. But I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. Like, but overall, like typically what happens is you see a running back for a wide receiver and that's because a team is in need of a running back and the opposite team is in need of a wide receiver. Like it drives me crazy when someone's like, oh yeah, the trade calculator's got me winning big time or, oh, it's got me losing. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter what a trade calculator says because it's not going to take into fact like your entire roster and the value that you have. You want to make your team better. If your team gets better. That's a good trade for you. Mm-hmm. If yep. you get more points on the board, that's a good trade for you, and you should make it. And I think John and I will both end up with more points on the board oh, as yeah. a result of this trade. Especially with the, the Cam news. Yeah. I think like initially his backup was Trubisky, but Trubisky's just not been he good. He sucks. Yeah, he's he scored less than 10 points the first two weeks. So I fully understand John... Kind of not going into panic mode, but you know, jumping ship and just being like, all right, well, there's an opportunity for me to get Baker... I'm right. gonna go after it. Like right. I got so much depth at tight end, this is worth going after. Right. Um, so you know, yeah, th- good th- trade overall. I think the the other thing that I want to bring up in like dynasty trading specifically. So I'm sure people have seen it because people are looking for like tools to help them evaluate because it's oh, all yeah. new. <clears throat> but the one thing on the internet that I just do not get is if you've seen it, this dynasty trade calculator that you can find. Oh yeah. I think it's like it's literally dynastytradecalculator.com or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know how what how does that measure anything? Yeah. Like what is that using? Is it using just like random dynasty rankings to come up with this projected points because again like it knows nothing about your entire team. Like it seems mm. like a complete and utter waste of time to talk about how it shows up in the dynasty trade calculator because like it might show up as like oh this is terrible for you, but like you might be on a fire sale and you're getting picks and yeah. whatever. It's gonna show up terrible. Or like it's week eleven and you desperately need a running back because you're going to the playoffs and you want to make it. And maybe, yeah, you're gonna take a hit long term to win now. Yeah. But then even that, what are like the objective qualities that are going into that trade calculator to say, like, oh, the difference between these two players is roughly this player? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the the trade calculators, especially for Dynasty, are purely based off of like how long this player is speculatively going to be in the league. Right. Like there, there's no the, like, and, and that's all trade calculators are. Like like we've said, it, there is no like research into your team dynamic and what the values. So like for me, for example, I, I know there are certain people in the league that do do value the trade calculator. And that's fine. You can value it. But don't only base your trade off of that. Yeah. Like, you can say, like, well, I want it to be a little bit more even. And, like, I'll work my way there. But at a certain point, I'm going to stop because even based on, like, a trade calculator standards may not be even to me. Yeah. Then it might not fit your team, right? And, yeah. And, which I feel like we're harping <laughs> on. But I think that's a huge thing to realize is that. Yeah, when you're making these trades, it's not going to be running back for running back or whatever. Yeah. It's going to be about what that team believes their weaknesses are and about the players that you're trading for. Uh-huh. And so I think that that's just kind of my soapbox about like the objective <laughs> trade values. And I know that this is coming from the guy that traded Christian Kirk and a first rounder for Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> which in hindsight, which is 2020, that was a terrible trade on an objective value. No team should ever make that trade. Yeah, that was a bad one. It, not your best. It, I feel like it would have been better if Marshawn just played the whole year, 
But the fact that he got hurt sucked. That, that burnt your heart. <laughs> that, that burnt, burnt bad. That burnt bad. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to another interesting thing. You had uh, some interesting interesting news with uh, Tyler Griffin in the trade world. Yes. Yeah, so Tyler Griffin, uh, the trade king himself. <laughs> uh, so Tyler Griffin texted me, uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday uh, on Tuesday. And he says... And I quote, any interest in trading one of your QBs? And at this point, I have Josh Allen, Tom Brady. I have Nick Foles sitting in my IR uh, just because, you know, why not put him in my IR? Uh, and, uh, I mean, I probably could drop him. I probably should drop him. I don't know. Uh, he's worth an IR. I mean, yeah, he's worth an IR. Unless, well, yours might be filling up with Jarek McKinnon. And I got McKinnon, Anunwa, and <laughs> Nick Foles all on IR right now. Yeah. Uh, but, so Griff texts me this, and I reply with, you know what? Let me read it. Uh, I I basically reply and just laugh. Like, there's no chance in hell that we can make a trade happen. <laughs> because I know Griffin's value at quarterback. Like, it, 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 every time he talks about quarterbacks, he, he he's a one-quarterback guy, one-quarterback guy. Well, then Drew Brees gets hurt, and he's like, oh, now I want all the quarterbacks oh God, under the sun. Now I need sun. a quarterback. Um, Which, by the way, <clears throat> remember all of our talks, I was selling Baker to Griffin real low I on know. draft day. I, was, I know. I was trying to go just straight up second round pick, and he wouldn't do it. I know. He missed the chance, which like, is crazy. Missed the bus on that one, uh, but you know that's it. His prerogative. Uh, so then, like he keeps pushing. I said, like, "All right, well, what's your offer?" And he, he's like, "Well, any of my bench guys." It's like your bench guys. Yeah. What do you think? I'm like desperate to move a quarterback? No, right. <laughs> I'm gonna hang on to my quarterback and screw you for the rest of the year because you're an idiot <laughs> and didn't have a backup quarterback after Drew Brees. Right. And he's like. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe. And I was dude, not sure it's there. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with having Tom Brady, who's going to retire next year, and Josh Stallion on my bench <laughs> oh, all yeah. year long. Like, I'm perfectly okay with that. Right, for sure. And then, this is the best part about it. About 30 minutes later, I get a text from Chris Matre. Yes. That is a screenshot of the conversation him and Griff have had that is opening with the same exact question. Any interest in trading one of your QBs? And then Matra and I go on just a text rant of how terrible Griffin is <laughs> about dealing with trades and how he thinks quarterbacks are like just this Joe Blow off the street and you only need one. Uh, a whole ordeal. And both of us were like, no, we're not going to trade with him. He's a freaking idiot. And then, <laughs> this is a perfect segue, so I can't even, I can't even ignore it. And then, waivers hit. Yep. And Griff goes out and spins. $55 on Mason Rudolph. Yep. I know what you're thinking. Even if you play Dynasty, you might not know who that is. Big Ben's out for the year. We know that for sure. Mason Rudolph is his backup. Griff went out and spent more than half of his fab on a backup quarterback that we don't even know if he's going to be good. Yeah. He can no be idea. terrible. No he's idea. young. That's the upside. That's it. So... Good luck with that, Griff. I cannot wait to play you. Um, <laughs> next size bid was Corey, forty-seven. So I mean, he did bid well. Yeah, I mean, he desperately I mean, needed a quarterback. So, so to how Griffin thinks about quarterbacks, hundred percent agree. He has the lowest value on quarterbacks in the world. So low. He but sent, then he spends more than half his fab. I don't even understand it. He sent uh. me a text asking for quarterbacks after I'd already traded Baker, and so I have. Pat Mahomes and Philip Rivers, mm. and so I I just said no. Like there's no interest <laughs> in trading a quarterback because because the only one that I would be honestly be interested in trading is like I don't really want to trade Philip Rivers because I'm not going to yeah. get anything for it. And so then I've got to try 
and like I'd be willing to trade Patrick Mahomes, like no doubt. Yeah, but like you're right. you're you're gonna pay. Yeah, and, and you're gonna like, send a quarterback because nobody wants to just have one quarterback in a dynasty league, right? And so like because Griffin doesn't have a quarterback and he's not gonna pay, like well, I just want, I'm not even gonna have that conversation. Yeah, uh, but to the Mason Rudolph pickup, I mean, I mean we talk all the time about how the waiver wire in Dynasty is pretty sparse. Yeah. And if you're in Griffin's situation and you're like, who am I going to start this week, Gardner Minshew, or I don't even know who the rest of his court Like, he's already starting a backup. So if you get a backup with a great offensive line in the Steelers, that's a huge upgrade for your team. There's probably not many more opportunities throughout the season that Griff's going to have to get a huge upgrade for his team season long. No, so no. I, I don't hate the fab dollars spent on Mason Rudolph. I mean, it is funny that it's a backup quarterback, but that's kind of just the nature of dynasty. That would never happen in a redraft league. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that would not happen in a redraft league. Absolutely. What was funny too is Griff went so all last year. We all saw this. Like Griff was Mister. Like, oh no, you only need one quarterback. Quarterbacks are nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Now Griff has on his roster Drew Brees, who is going to be out for who knows how long. Uh, Mason Rudolph, who we've already talked about. He's got Garden Gardner Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Uh, I had to make sure I was saying it right. And then he's got Josh Rosen, which I brought up today at work. I was like, why do you still have Josh Rosen? Yeah, he's got to be dropped. He's clearly bad. Yeah. And he's, he's like, horrible. oh, no, dude, he's young. I was like, what, what, what did your view change? <laughs> like three weeks ago, it was Drew Brees or bust. Right. I don't I don't understand it. I, I don't get the guy. I can't wait to get into that matchup. <laughs> I, uh, I well, we'll get to it later, but I, I could wait. I could go with waiting. <laughs> Let's run through the rest of the waivers real quick, though. Yep. Uh, so Devin Smith, Matre picked him up for eleven dollars. It's a pretty good bid, honestly. Um, he's wide receiver, going to be taking over for Michael Gallup. Um, I actually like that one a lot. If I didn't have Amari, I would have bid about the same amount on that. Yeah, like, I, I I love the Cowboys this year. I think they are absolutely a playoff contender. Um, absolutely, sorry, a Super Bowl contender. Let me correct that. Uh, Britain bid big, eh, not big. Uh, spent ten dollars on Teddy Bridgewater. Makes perfect sense. He had Big Ben, needed to spend up. Right. Uh, Nefley spent nine dollars on Kyle Allen. He had Cam Newton, so you got the backup. He still has Baker. Yep. Um. So I don't fully understand that one, but maybe just wanting that safety in case Cam ends up out all year and Kyle Allen takes over. I don't know. Hey, yeah, I mean, with Kyle Allen, I mean, he doesn't have a huge amount of weapons and the offensive line looks poor, but mm. there's some secret value to be had with Christian McCaffrey on your team. You never know oh, how yeah. hard that can carry a quarterback. So Yeah, I, anytime, I think that's what he was thinking. Of. Anytime you've got a guy who can you can dump a screen pass to and you can end up with a 70-yard touchdown on, like, I want that quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then two other guys, I picked them up. They hardly matter. Benny Fowler and Isaiah McKenzie. What? What? The only reason I bring all these people up is <clears throat> if you're not in the league and you're listening, most of those names mean nothing. To yeah, you. you'll never. I mean, that's honestly, what's amazing about Benny Dynasty. Fowler is what the the third running back for the Broncos, third wide receiver for the Giants now. Oh. He was with the Bears last year. Oh, so I just I just don't know who he is. Wait, is yeah, you don't know about. who he is. That's <laughs> Dynasty, baby. <laughs> right. I watched every Daniel Jones preseason throw today, and <laughs> Benny Fowler was his second most targeted player. So I said to myself, yeah. you know what? I'll snag him. I'm going to pick up Benny Fowler. Why not? Uh, like, literally, that's the depth of Dynasty. That's yeah, it's real deep. It's real deep. It's a totally different animal to try and play oh, I love and it. it is really hard for me personally to get up for the waiver wire like that like really like pay oh, attention yeah. because you have like no there's it's not like you're going to go to fantasy pros or any other like resource that you might be using 
and hear them talking about these people. Yeah. There is no like little blurb video on Benny Fowler. No, like no, no doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So you got to yeah. do that research yourself. On busy weeks, I mean, I <laughs> like doing that stuff because I like watching football. Yeah, but on busy weeks and weekends like I had, it's just it's just not going to happen. Which I think is okay. It's just I. It's going to be harder for me to win, uh, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, so we went through the trades. We did the waivers. Uh, while we're on the subject of Tyler Griffin, uh, in our classic roast Griffin for thirty minutes, um, so Griffin brings up an interesting league proposition. Um, I don't think he has a lot of support for it, but I want to get your your opinion on this. Um, he's talking about how he needs divisions. And, uh, and he said he needed it because he's SpongeBob gifted, where SpongeBob is trying to uh, get the water from Sandy in the air bubble. And uh, the reason that he's bringing this up is because there was a video tweeted out by the fantasy footballers yep. where one of them basically sniped Patrick Mahomes. They're both, they're both in division. They're both in talks for Patrick Mahomes. One of them snipes him, and then they realize what had happened, yep. that like their division mate had done this. And this is a long-running league, like a 20-year league. It's a three-keeper league. So Patrick Mahomes like will be one of those keeper assets, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, you can trade <clears throat> picks. You can do all this. It's big time. And it's like they're... It's like their top league. Their so league it's like uh, where they get like priority. Yeah, it's where they get like really, really up for. They, and, I mean, they do a podcast for it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how they started. Um, so, and they have divisions, and they're actually advocated divisions. And so, the way that they do divisions is that when they go to the playoff time, so they have it's twelve team league, six team divisions. Uh, you only play games within your division for the entire year. With the exception of, I forget how many weeks a year it doesn't work out. It's like... It's like four? Uh, yeah. Like that, it's like, so you play each team in your division twice, which would add up to ten games. And then I think you play two out-of-division games a year mm. to get to week 12. Something like that. Um, is that right? I'd have to look it 12 up. 12-team league. No, I'd have to be 12 14. team, five other teams in your division. Oh, gotcha, yeah. And then week yeah, 14 playoffs, three games. Something like yep. that. So what it garners is, or what what they like about it is that it garners those rivalries. Mm-hmm. Is because when you're in a division, you're playing the same teams twice a year. It garners that rivalry. Yep. What do you think about the idea of divisions in a league? I honestly don't like it. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've I've not been in a league, or a, yeah, I've not been in a league where there have been divisions. So I can't speak out of like experience on it, but. For me, it's one of those things where, like, <clears throat> I think natural rivalry, rivalries form right in any league. Like, look at the SEC league. I have a rivalry with Matt Canner. Right. Like, you just, I, you it's not be. like I'm like, I grew up with Matt. No, like, it's just one of those things where, like, over the past four or five years, like, that rivalry has built. We don't have divisions there. Like, in our league, I feel like my rivalry was with, like, Matre. Yeah. Because, like, I had this big trade with Amari with him, and we're always like kind of going back and forth, yeah. always a little bit of trash talking, always trying to work stuff. Um, so, like, I think those naturally form. And I don't think divisions make it necessary. Another reason I don't like it is I think in divisions, if you become that like top dog, so like right now, you have to beat eleven other teams yep. pretty consistently. If you only had to beat five other teams, and your team is like. Okay, last year was Britain's team. That top dog team. He had to beat five other teams, and he's locked in. Britain's in that other division. Guess what? 
I don't want to be in that division. Yeah. I want to be in the, the bottom tier division, whatever we would call it, because it gives me more of a chance of making the playoffs, more right. of a chance of going to the championship. That's why that that's probably my biggest reason is I think it can become a little bit one sided when you're looking at twelve teams all competing. Right. So Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think I think the the uh the rivalries naturally form. I I will yeah. say that the um the division play definitely would accelerate that and maybe enhance it. Yeah. But to your point, it could create like a power struggle in the division. I do think that one thing that would be interesting about having divisions would be, it would be another dimension in the trade dynamic. So yeah. like if John and I were in the same division, like maybe I don't make what I feel is such an even trade. Maybe I really am like putting the screws to him trying to get other assets out of him, And then he ends up, Antonio Browning me somehow and he would like trade with someone else and then it would all be like a secret ploy and he would like ride a hot air balloon into Matre's team in the other division and do something crazy but so oh, it, it would add another dynamic so I'm not I, I guess I'm not wholeheartedly against it but I'm not like I'm not dying for it yeah. I think I think a league can be perfectly healthy without them yeah yeah I, I, I think it's an interesting idea but yeah, I, like if, if it came to a vote, I'd vote no. I, I think I would probably vote. Yeah, I think I agree. I would probably vote no almost more so that nothing changes, not because I'm necessarily so against it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I could definitely be swayed. Like, I, I really don't no. hold a super strong opinion on it. But I, I, I did play in one league with divisions, and it was just on by accident, and it was like a first-year league. Mm. And... Because, like, when you do divisions, the way that it works is that, at least the way that this league worked, is there was no wild card slot. It was just top th- top three teams from each division go. Oh, wow. And so, like, me as the fourth team, Ugh. I had – in the fourth team in the division, I had a significant amount of m- more points scored than many other teams in the division. Like, if I was in that other division – if I was in the other division, I would have been first seed getting a bye. Yep. And I missed the playoffs just like outright, which was super annoying. And if there were no divisions, I would have yep. been in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't have gotten a bye, but I would have been in the playoffs. And so that was annoying and kind of turned me off to it where it's like – but again, that's not to say that I'm fully against them because yeah. I get what they what they bring, but I'm not dying for them. Yeah. So if we jump into uh, one of our favorite segments of the week, that is uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, this uh, might be my favorite. This is where we point out the super obvious mistakes in your start sits that you made, and uh, just just talk about how just obviously stupid, terrible you are, you are so, making uh, decisions. Yeah, why don't, why don't you give me this week's cheat? <laughs> so <laughs> this week, hindsight is twenty twenty winner is Joey Zypher. Uh, none other than the man himself. Joey scored a total of 95.4 points last week to Britain's 106.4. Here's where your hindsight comes in, Joey. Uh, why in the hell would you listen to us and start Ronald Jones? Yeah, I mean, it's I not mean, like we were advocating for that and like most of the fantasy community was. Now, what was he thinking, right? Uh, yeah, like, clearly. Clearly, you should have known that Ronald Jones would score a whopping .9 points. Easy, Ronald. Don't want to run too far. Over Peyton Barber. Oh, man. Clearly the better back in the backfield. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. You've got them all. Might as well start them all. He scored 15.4 points. That would have given you a good five-point lead. Ah, Joey, really dropped the ball there. Sorry, bud. I'd say you hate to see it, but uh, honestly, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. 
I love to see. It. Yeah, I mean that's a tough break for Joe, but maybe he wasn't so excessively stupid, then he wouldn't have made that call. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's jump into the matchups for this week. So we're heading into week three. It is on the brink of panic time. Because uh, what is interesting about the way that fantasy plays out is that in uh, you know in week three. You know, there's a lot of 0-2 teams yeah. heading into the week. And uh, I'm trying to find the rankings on here. Sleeper. How do I find the freaking... The Some, rankings? Sometimes the Sleeper website makes me want to blow the bottom my of brains out. So go to the league tab. So I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, I'll go through them. I'll go through I'm them. on it. You're, 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 right, you're looking at it right there. That's uh, the standings. Oh, my yeah. dumbass. Yeah. Okay. Freaking hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. So right now in the 0-2 crowd, it's me, Sarah LaRoe, and Joe. Wait. Why do I have a poop next to my name? Because you have the... <laughs> oh, the most points allowed. Oh, most yeah. points allowed. Like, I can do anything against that. Thanks, sleeper. Friggin' jerks. Uh, <laughs> and in the 2-0 and o crowd is Matre, Ty, and Corey. Matre starting out the season hot with the most points for. Yeah. Uh, I'll also point out the... Not the lowest points against, but nah, nah. most points for at 291. That means he's averaging 45 points more than me a week. That hurts. Hurts the soul. Uh, <laughs> Ty's coming in at 268. Corey Vincent with the 242. Uh, he's the one that is sneaking by. Tyler or, or uh, Ty Cook and Chris are actually outscoring everyone in the league. But then, like you, you have two sixty one. That's twenty more points than Corey. Yet you're one and one just because of your matchups. We got Tyler Griffin in fifth place at one and one. Bourbon Smith, that's Britain DeChamp at two oh six. He's one and one. Jason is one and one. John Neffley's one and one. And Steph Smith is one and one with her. Mind blowing, 175 points for wow. as she eked me out last week because I had Deshaun Jackson who got hurt in uh, the first second of the game. I had David and Joku who got hurt on the literal first offensive play of the game, and then bringing it up with another goose egg was Danny Amendola. So thanks a lot, roster. <laughs> Freaking three zeros against what should have been a walk in win. <laughs> That's so bad. Fucking game, dude. <laughs> Fuck this game. Fantasy's so stupid. So dumb. Who plays this game? I didn't realize you had that many zeros. Who plays this game? <laughs> kind of lunatic. Uh, so, yeah, that's Woo! the standings right now. Again, to run through that, that's Matre in first, Ty, Vin uh, Corey Vinson, Tyler Cheek, Tyler Griffin, Britton Smith, Jason LaRoe, John Neffley, Steph Smith, me, Malaborski, Joe Zypher, and Sarah LaRoe. Sarah LaRoe bringing up the rear worth 150 points for. Gosh. I mean, has anyone gotten screwed more in the last six months than Sarah? That is personal information. We're going to have to talk to Jason. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. That was perfect. I'm <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs> Ayo. Uh, but what about her fantasy roster? Been a oh, rough, been a rough. She has been dragged through the mud this year. It has been brutal. I feel bad for Sarah. Legitimately, like, when I when every week when we go through matchups, I just think to myself, man, if Melvin Gordon was playing, man, if Antonio Brown doesn't get suspended. Man, if Duke Johnson was just good. 
If Duke Johnson was what he what he is supposed to be, what he was in Cleveland, even. <clears throat> yeah, what he was even in Cleveland. Like, oh, oh, don't even get me started, Sarah. I feel for you, but I am really excited to play you this week. Yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> love that matchup. It'd be a great way to head to my one and two. Except yeah. knowing me, I'd start Frank Gore and he'd get zero or something stupid because uh, this game is dumb and anyone who plays it is dumb. And I hate fantasy. Uh, so. Let's jump into the matchups. Uh, did you do the? Did you see who was right and wrong last week? Ah, uh, no, I forgot to do okay, that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I, I didn't do it. We'll either. update it next week. I'll, yeah. I'll go through the past two weeks. So let's jump <laughs> into the matchups. Uh, I'm going to go to you first every single time because I'm flying off the cuff here. Yeah, no worries at all. I, so uh, I'll give you the breakdown. So the first matchup that we have is it's going to be me versus Sarah. I'm mad. I'm going to warn you right now. This one's going to be a quick analysis. Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty okay with where this one's going. <laughs> so. Pretty straightforward. Uh, Sarah's team is... Wow, 92% chance to win. It's a small percentage chance. And here, I'll give you some hope, Sarah. I'm going to give you some hope. Le'Veon Bell plays New England. Belichick's known for shutting down the top player, so... How is that hope? I don't know. I'm just trying to help. That seems like it doesn't help. Oh, you have I have Le'Veon Bell. Bell. I, have oh, Bell. I was yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. really burying her yeah. while she's down. No, no, no. I mean, that's the hope. Antonio, like, here's the thing about it. Okay, Antonio. so even if Lev Bell, if goose Bell exit, gooses, you're still projected 15 st- points higher. Still higher, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, so I, let's I will find, say, like, let's find another goose egg in your roster here. Here is where Sarah's team, like, I think Antonio Brown can be this, like, freak talent. Yeah, he could Patriots. go. He could go like full Randy Moss with the Patriots. Yeah, like he could score twenty touchdowns this year, and it, it wouldn't be outside the realm possibility. Like that is legit possible. The scare for me, and this is why I feel bad for Sarah for having him, is it's Antonio Brown and all of this stuff's going on. We're not going to jump into that because that honestly, I just hate even thinking about it. Even um, though Moran's not here to give his hot take, yeah, Moran will. Yeah, <laughs> just listen to last week's episode. You'll get what we think, or at least what one person I'll say thinks. what Michael thinks. <laughs> what Michael thinks. Uh, like he can be this super talented athlete, or he can end up not playing ever again in the NFL. Like yep. those are both in the realm of possibility, and I hate that that is happening. I hate more that it's happening to Sarah. I wish it was happening to Britain. Why that, can't his team be full of criminals and thugs? That'd be great. Ugh, be so much happier. But yeah, so, all that to say, Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm going to destroy you this week. Yeah, I'm going with cheek in every single facet. I, the, the only thing that I can really give uh, Sarah is that I might try and capitalize on the Antonio Brown it's hard to whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to. Everyone's but afraid. Like, I, would you take an offer for Antonio right now? No. But, exactly, but that's because my team is not really in a position to need that kind of risk. I already have a super high risk team. I've got you. Well, Zeke's locked in, but I've already got Tyreek Hill. I've got some other lunatics on my team. All right, let me let me let me throw one out there for you, Sarah. Okay. I'm going to give you some chances here. Will Fuller for Antonio Brown. Straight up, straight up. Yeah, I'd take that. You would take that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, all right. Let's go a little higher then. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you wouldn't do Tyreek. That's not... You wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do Tyreek. Okay. So not because I... Especially because I have Patrick Mahomes. This would be a realistic trade. This, I, this is a trade that I... Like, if I have Antonio, this is what I'm trying to get. Aaron Jones, because Sarah needs running backs. Yep. Plus Will Fuller. No, I would not do that. What about Aaron Jones and Josh Gordon? 
It, it gets rid of your double stack on wide receivers. Oh. And uh, it still gives you a New England wide receiver. I would entertain that, but I'm super shallow on running backs. So that makes sense. It, it would need to have a running back attached to it also. Okay. Well, and, Sarah, and, we got, we got a foundation throw, for this. I might throw a pick in there for something like that. Yeah. I mean, I... Oh, so, so you, like, you're saying, like, you, enter- you are not afraid of the Antonio situation. I... I don't know. But... I'm I, terrified of it. Sarah, don't send trades my way. I won't touch them. I'm terrified of them. To me, with the Antonio Brown situation is... You... Trying to figure out how to put it, because like, if it doesn't involve me giving away picks, I'm a hundred. I, I would be very interested. Mm, I'm like not a one year. I'm situation. not looking to give away picks for Antonio Brown because if he ends up ruining, like if he ends up never playing again or being suspended for a significant amount of time, I don't want to have traded away players and picks for a guy that's not actually going to benefit my team at all. Mm. Where like you know. If you're like in a win now situation, if you're in a win now, I think week twelve, and it's still up in the air whether he's going to get. I think you definitely go for him. I, I I would go for him. I would even go for him now if I had the running back depth to to make it happen. I just don't think I do. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to our next matchup for the week. We got John Neffley versus Joe Zypher. Interesting matchup here. Very evenly projected. Two point yeah. difference in the projection. Uh, why don't you give me your take on this matchup? Uh, I like I like this matchup a lot. Uh, I I think what what I like about this is Joey's team has been just on the up and up lately uh, with with guys that have a lot of potential. I think Peyton Barber, J- Joey. I hate that I'm saying this now, but clearly Peyton Barber's earned that role. He had 20 plus carries last week. Tyler Boyd has just he's balled out. Like he's been really good. He had 17 points last week. 10 10 points first week, but that was in Seattle. Like that. That that's saying something, um, and I think Diggs and Mike Evans are they've played poorly, but they're not bad players. And Mike Evans is going to do better against the Giants, and Diggs is going to do better against Oakland. And they have all year. Miles Sanders is absolutely earned his job. Like he should be the guy. They just won't give him the freaking job. Um, so I'm really excited about that. He's got Todd Gurley, who hasn't broken his leg in half yet. He hasn't been Todd Gurley, but he had 14 points last week, so I don't mind it. Um, more than anything, though, and th- this is kind of like my biggest take on Joey's team. He's got Dak. Right now, Dak's on his bench. I like yeah, Dak he's more than start Dak. any quarterback in the NFL right now. He's got to start Dak. I love Dak. Like, over Lamar Jackson, over Pat Mahomes, because... There's other quarterbacks for Russell Wilson. You've yeah. got to start Dak over Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I, I get the temptation to not. Like, Russell Wilson's playing New Orleans. Oh, I don't. You want to play that. I don't at all. Especially but, especially with Russell Wilson playing New Orleans. They should stop them yeah, without Drew Yeah, they should destroy them and destroy the ball Yeah, exactly. Chris Carson's going to get a billion carries, so you've yeah. got to start Dak. But Dak's playing Miami. I guess that's true. That but is it's true. in Dallas. I, I say Dak still. Oh, yeah, you guys. Uh, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think John's team has a lot of areas where I'm just scared of his team. Like I agree. Kamara just lost Drew Brees. Joe Mixon is not looking good uh, so far in the year. Joe Mixon has had 2.7 and 4.2. Yeah, I think he's at like 1.9 a carry right now. It's That's bad. bad. That's really bad. Honestly, John's like only shining light is his wide receivers that are all like guys you don't want to bank on like Godwin I'll give you that Godwin he looks looks good this year he looks so good Uh, but then it's John Ross and John Brown don't love that John Ross looks great but he's playing Buffalo yeah which which is a tough matchup then after that Robbie Anderson nope 
Not without Sam Darnold. Nope. Uh, and then Chris Thompson going up against the Chicago Bears. Like, John's team's... I don't get it, but it scares me, at, like, for him. Uh, so, <laughs> I think Joey wins this one, hands down. I, I, I really like Joey's team this week. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not as uh, bullish on Joe's team as you, but I, I do lean that way. I agree with a lot of what you said. John's team has taken a big hit with the Drew Brees loss. Joe Mixon doesn't look healthy, and he plays Buffalo, which is a good defense. John Ross, obviously playing Buffalo, good defense. Robbie Anderson without Sam Darnold. That makes his week really, really tough, so I think Joe's going to take it. Yep. So moving on to our next one, we've got Britton, that's Bourbon Smith, versus Corey, still Team 6. He's 2-0, and he's named Team 6 <laughs> somehow. Uh, why don't you give me your take on Britton versus Corey? Uh, I'm going to go real quick because I think we're running late on this episode. Uh, I'm interested to see how Britton's team looks with Juju losing Big Ben and Saquon getting what I think is the upgrade of Daniel Jones. Um, I think if Connor misses time this week, then Corey is screwed. Uh, Corey yeah, has James yeah. Conner. That, that's going to put him in a rough place at running back. He does have Mac, um, but it doesn't really have a lot of great depth behind that. Um, Corey's rookies, though, have been amazing. Corey drafted Darren Waller and Marquise Hollywood Brown. My gosh, could he have picked two better rookies to draft in this year's rookie draft probably, that have been probably not. startable yeah. the first two weeks of the year? Are you freaking kidding me? Great job on that, Corey. Uh, both teams are pretty well-rounded, so this one's a hard pick. I'm going to I'm gonna call the upset, though. And I only say it's an upset because of the history of Britain's team being the greatest team in the league, and I think Corey wins. That's interesting. So, so I think that... I'm on the other side of this. I'm going to go Britain, and I think it's because even if James Conner is healthy, San Francisco has been a great defense. They've played bad teams, but they've been yeah, they've looked they've been good. They've, they've looked good. Yeah. Um, and the other piece of this that I think is really good for Britain, obviously OJ Howard is not. His wide receivers are just so freaking good. I mean, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Juju has definitely taken a hit with Mason Rudolph. I oh, get yeah. that. But Keenan Allen looks great, and Britton has Jalen Samuels, who is Mason Rudolph's favorite target. So he's going to get the Pittsburgh passing yards if there are any to be had. Say Jalen Samuels? You mean James Washington? Is that what you mean? Oh, uh, no. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. I, I missed that. Okay. Come on. Yeah, okay. I changed my take entirely. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do still believe that Juju is going to be the number one target. No. I think as... Uh, Mason Rudolph gets reps with Juju running with the ones. That chemistry is going to build because I do think that Juju's a star. Jimmy Garoppolo has looked great. Um, And I think that Corey's matchups are tougher. Darren Waller is not playing a, like, cakewalk defense. And uh, neither is Brandon Cooks. Neither is Calvin Ridley. And neither is OBJ. OBJ is playing the Rams. Brandon Cooks playing Cleveland, who's looked okay. And the Indianapolis secondary has looked okay. And Deshaun Watson, his offensive line looks absolutely horrible. And so until they can start protecting him in some kind of way, or they just start dialing up runs for him, he's not going to be what Corey needs for fantasy to beat out Britain. So I, I think this one's going to lean uh, Britain. But I don't I don't think by much. I don't think it's like a crazy one Yeah, I think it's going to be closer than the projection for sure. Like, the projection's got them a six-point swing. I, I think this is going to be one of those matchups where it's like 
less than a point. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really close. Yeah. So let's jump down to Tynan Cook versus Jason. That's Education Nation. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one. Right now, Ty is 2-0. Jason's 1-1. Projection's very close within two points. Uh, go ahead and give me your take on this one. So Ty's team has been on just a terror lately with Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook just destroying in fantasy football. Let me just run through the past two weeks of points for these guys. Lamar Jackson, 33 and then 30. That's what some people score in four or five weeks. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 25 and 26. That's pretty good. My gosh, those guys are destroying it. That's kind of where it falls off, though, for Ty's team. That is true. Uh, After Cook, Fournette, and Jackson, I don't love Ty's team. I don't love the double wide receiver uh, play for the Cardinals that Jason has going either, though. So this is one of those matchups where I'm kind of having a hard time uh, picking which side of the fence I want to be on. Like, Jason currently has Fitz and Kirk starting. Um, They are going up against Carolina, but I don't think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Like, I honestly don't want to start players in that game because – I don't know what Carolina's going to do. I don't love the Cardinals. I'd start Fitz just because he's consistent. He's going to catch passes. Um, But so I'm kind of back and forth on this one. Um, I will have a hard time going against Ty's team, though, with how many points Lamar has been scoring. I think Ty is going to ride Lamar Jackson to the freaking championship or playoffs. I don't know. Uh, Until he tears his ACL on a run play and Ty crumbles because he doesn't have much QB depth. Thank you, Andrew Luck, for retiring. Uh, Tynan wins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ty, too. And I and I really think, as I'm looking through it, that every position, everywhere is really well matched between yeah. the two, honestly. And I think I Nick Chubb, I think, is wildly over-projected right now. He's projected for almost 16 points. He's just not getting the touches, and the offense isn't moving the ball. Like, it's just yeah. – that's just not happening. And so, like, to project him for that much is just kind of crazy to me. So, I think – I think he's a little overprojected, and I think Lamar Jackson is wildly underprojected. I mean, 22 points against Kansas City, like we know that Kansas City is going to tear up that Baltimore defense, and the Kansas City defense is like a high school team's defense, and Lamar Jackson's going to tear that up. I mean, yeah, I don't see how he doesn't have like 100 rush yards, 300 pass yards, and four touchdowns. It's genuine. very possible. He's genuine. done it. I think I, he's done it every week so yeah. far this season. I genuinely like don't see how they're going to stop that. There's just no and and that's like another 35 point week or something crazy. It's yeah. so, like it's I feel like that's just locked and loaded 30 points out of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh so I'm going to lean tie on this one too on the back of Lamar Jackson once again. Yep. Uh so next matchup is Matre who is currently 2 and 0, highest point scorer in the league, looking real good. Versus Steph Smith kicking the pants in Joku, <laughs> except she smelled in Joku wrong. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that one either. I think Steph was just like four bottles of wine deep. <laughs> just, just. I think she was watching Monday Night Football, just laughing hysterically, and she was just preparing to to Ooh. just enter Tuesday hungover and wanted to live it up, just live <laughs> just it up, live like there's right no right in my face, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> I felt so bad. Uh, so, uh, Matre versus Steph. Give me your take on this one. Projection is wildly favored toward Chris right oh, now. Oh, yeah, and it, it doesn't surprise me much. I think uh, Chris's team 
they've been performing and performing really well. Jason Witten apparently is relevant still. That um, shocks me, by the way. It is shocks so me. shocking. He's had two touchdowns in two weeks. It's freaking ridiculous. I hate it. Uh, here's the thing, though. Um, Steph's team. Steph took a huge hit with Drew Brees going out. Yeah, she has Michael Thomas. Yeah, her best player is hands down Michael Thomas. Um, after that, it's Damian Williams, who is kind of going through some injury stuff. She did bring Devin Singletary up from the rookies, um, which I love. That was the right call. But now he's hurt, so she's kind of in a tough spot there. Got Devontae Parker. I hate that. Like, yeah, I, I just don't want a Dolphin this year because I think they're tanking. Her Like, right now, her best player is legitimately Mark Andrews because, going back to Lamar Jackson, he likes to throw touchdowns, and he likes to throw them to Mark Andrews. Um, so that's her best player. The only kind of hope that I do see in Steph's team is she does have some really strong, promising rookies. Um, I think I said this last week. She's got Nikhil Harry, who's a rookie, but he's on IR. Um, Nicole Hardman. Like, she's got him on her taxi squad right now. That guy scored 14 points last week. Yeah, you got to start him. Don't know anybody else that's doing that on anybody's taxi squad. Definitely bench Devontae Parker and put him in. Yeah. Um, and then she does have Justice Hill, who hasn't done anything yet. But it, it for me, like, this is just a like a glimmer of hope for Steph's team that, like, you can get there. You know, like Yeah, but that's not hope for this week. Yeah, it's not hope for this week. I don't think you're going to get there this year. Uh, but you're close. So, on the upsides, Chris wins, though. Yeah, I, I think, think it's easy. I, I agree with every take you, you you said there. Chris is going to dominate this matchup. Yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler is just ridiculous, and the fact that Chris lucked into that situation oh, is just crazy. The, uh, that's another thing I want to bring up. Like, Chris's team is really good. They look really good, but it, like he's in one of those situations that's like the opposite of Sarah, where it, it's like it could all end. waiting for Sarah's waiting for like. Melvin Gordon to come back and this Antonio news to like stop happening. And Chris is waiting for Melvin Gordon to never come back again. And he's waiting for somebody to like come to Indy and be able to throw their ball to T.Y. Hilton. He's waiting for Jason Witten to not die and end up in a call. Like Chris has like so many guys. I was like, eh, this could go south. Like Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. When is the week going to happen where like one of those guys takes over and then Chris is burnt by it. Right. Um, but I, I think he, he, yeah, last year he drafted, with this year in mind. Yep. And it's paid off. Yep. So. Yep. It's been good so far. Uh, is that all our matchups for this week? I have to sneeze. Uh, no, no, no. We got you. <laughs> Woo! Oh my gosh. That was a big one. I've been storing Woo. that one up for a while. <laughs> uh, Last matchup, we got you and Griff. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Me and Griff. I, I thought we hadn't ripped on my team yet. Uh, <laughs> so we got uh, me. That's at least I have FanDuel versus Tyler Griffin. The flu draft right now. Projection is me, 115 Griffin 118, so pretty close within three points. Um, the interesting thing for me about this matchup is obviously Griffin's quarterback situation, which we have mm-hmm. discussed at length. The other interesting thing for me is what is going to become of Aaron Jones? Because Aaron Jones popped off last week. Yeah. Had a great week. And then Matt LaFleur comes out literally this week and is like, hey, uh, we're going to equal carries. Like, what are you, a dumbass? Like, Aaron, <laughs> it worked. Aaron Jones is so much better. Yeah. Like, he just, he is objectively a better running back. So that sucks. Josh Gordon looks like he just got shot in the head for Antonio Brown. <laughs> literally put up like nothing. It was crazy. So that's a huge hit to my team. He's still projected for nine. I don't think that highly of him. And David Njoku is out for God knows how long, so yeah. I'm back to playing freaking Vernon Davis <laughs> again. Which, by the way, Jordan Reed might be playing this week. 
I don't have Jordan. Very, very I don't have Jordan Reed. I don't want Jordan. Well, Reed. I mean, I'm just saying that that's going to burn you on Vernon. Yeah, it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. I'm starting Frank Gore again, the eternal <laughs> one, because Devin Singletary looks like he might not play. Deshaun Jackson's out as well as Njoku. Uh, and I'm also missing, uh, and Danny Amendola can't be trusted anymore, so he's back on the bench. So, uh, pretty rough uh, situation for me. It's like, I think my projection is far too high. Really? Well, actually, I think my projection is fine. But if you were to put an error bar around my projection, it would be three times what any other team's projection is. Where Griffin's team, I think we kind of know what we're going to get out of Christian McCaffrey, <clears throat> David Johnson, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Sammy Watkins, Vance McDonald. The only people we don't know what we're going to get out of is James White and Demarcus Robinson. And he doesn't really even need those guys. They're not projected huge. Yeah. So from just a range of outcomes... There are a lot of worlds in which Griffin beats me. There are some worlds in which I win by 50. And I'm choosing to take that world. I'm going to one and two, baby. <laughs> Let's go. It's all me. See, I'm surprised you say that because like, I, I feel like your team, like Pat Mahomes, the, the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore game is absolutely going to be a shootout. There's not a chance yeah. that 10 touchdowns are not scored in that game. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Hammer the over in that game. The most fun game to watch at 1 o'clock. If it's not on TV, you won't see me ever again. I'm giving up on life. Come to my house. We'll have NFL Red Zone on, baby. That's what we need to do. All right. And then after that, we got Zeke playing Miami. I think he's going to destroy. Oh, he's going like, to he's gonna, he's gonna feast. He's going to torch them. Uh, Aaron Jones, I do think Matt LaFleur is just talking trash. He's going to be the guy. And, like, your wide receivers aren't great. I, I like... I will 100% agree there, but I don't think I don't think Belichick's throwing Gordon to the wind. I don't think Fuller is terrible, and I still believe in Allen Robinson, even though I probably I, I believe should. in Allen Robinson. Um, Nelson Aguilar was great last week, 20 points. Yep. So like a lot of your guys are just honestly in really good situations for this week, like Aguilar, Gore, Zeke, Aaron Jones, Pat Mahomes. Opposite of the spectrum, Griff's playing Gardner Minshew. Uh, no, thank you. Or he's going to play Mason Rudolph. Uh, still no thank you. Uh, both playing good defenses. Like Gardner's playing tomorrow against Tennessee. I don't like Thursday night games this year. I, I've already, uh, well, I've already I mean, told multiple I, people this. They could put the over under <laughs> at 15 points, and I might still take the under. On yeah, that, like on that game. I don't think that game is going to be high scoring at all. I think it's going to be abysmally bad. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, yes, it's Christian McCaffrey. But let's keep in mind, last week he had six points because they lost Cam. Right. Like, can he be? Christian McCaffrey without Cam. I don't know. That terrifies me. Uh, David Johnson, maybe, maybe? Yeah, I, I, I hope he can do well. Like, th- th- I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, there are so many guys on Griff's roster that it's, like, uh, it's kind of in weird situations. Like, even Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, start both those guys to block your Patrick Mahomes touchdown. He's going to throw so many freaking touchdowns, he doesn't need just those two guys. I say, uh, this is the one week I'm hoping every single one of those touchdowns, because I don't have Tyreek Hill, they are all going to Travis Kelsey, yeah. baby. Like Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson. We got so many options. Like tra- Patrick Mahomes doesn't care who's throwing the ball to. If they're in the end zone, they're getting the ball. Um, so a lot of guys on Griff's team this week make me nervous. I go Matt. I, hey. I agree. I think you win, and I don't think... I don't think your team is as bad. They definitely make me nervous, but Griff's team, because of the quarterback situations that have affected his team on a whole, terrifies me. 
Yeah, well, you are much more confident in my team than me, which makes me feel better. <laughs> so, thank you uh, for that. We have one last segment before we wrap up here. We've oh, got yes. our beer review. Yes, we forgot to do this earlier. Yeah. So, I put it in there. It's good. This is a platform beer, uh, which everybody knows I love platform. It's the Paranormal Mosaic. It's a West Coast IPA. It's great. It's really good. I, I say it all the time. Wow, this is a 7.4. I'm driving home tonight. Good thing I had a Moscow Mule right before this. <laughs> really good beer, though. And I though. was finishing the bottle, so it was steep. Oh, boy. <laughs> really good beer. Uh, as I always say, like, I don't think Platform can do anything wrong. I've they, not had a bad beer of theirs yet. I, I mean, they literally... I f- it feels like they just take... I mean, obviously, all craft beer companies are making the same beers. Like, yeah. some kind of hop becomes in and then they all make like some mosaic or they make you know a galaxy hop or something like mm-hmm. that but it, it really feels like you know for a long time in Cincinnati we had Ryan Geist and Mad Tree making really good beers Platform just does better than both of them in almost every beer and they just blow them yeah. out of the water uh, so the Platform beers are great definitely pick up Paranormal Paranormal Mosaic not a sponsor but if somehow anyone from Platform listens we will sponsor we yeah, will just we will literally give us a six pack a week, and we'll say, I'll, "We'll we it's might a cheap sponsor. We might touch your dicks." <laughs> oh my god! I mean, if it's a chick, I'll, I'll we'll do things. Oh my god! We'll find some chicks to do some things, so that way it's not sinful. They're never going to sponsor us now. What are you Dang talking it, about? Why would you? Why would you sponsor somebody that offers to do that? On, I mean, there's a bunch of people that sponsor Barstool. I mean, granted, they're all like that's a fair point. Weird companies that sell CBD and male enhancement drugs, but either way, basically grunk. We yeah, won't, we won't get into that. Yeah, I mean, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I cured my CTE with CBD, and Idiot. I lost seven hundred pounds. Idiot. Uh, yeah, he's a clown. Uh, so, I think that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was uh, this is always just a ton of fun oh, yeah. to record and hear you guys' feedback. So, if you guys uh, again put it out there, if you guys want to come on the show. Join Cheek and I in the basement yes. for a matchup review, Torch and Teams. We can talk about anything you want. If you want to add a segment just while you're here, yeah. we can do it. If you want to talk about any subject you want to do, we can do it. Yeah. We can do whatever you want to do because uh, the Google Doc is just a thing that we keep copy and pasting, and we can easily just copy and paste new things in. You put anything you want in there. Yes, yeah, super easy. If you want to do like a... We need to do a wine uh, what oh, was the jungle one! Jungle, jungle wine. wine. Yeah. We need to do another jungle one. Definitely oh got to get a jungle just, wine. Oh, yes, I mean that's Sarah. Let's yeah. do it. That, that was that. In my mind, that was already. Those are my favorite. Well, it's not on the calendar, but it's a foregone conclusion that another one of those is happening. Like I, I just forgot that. Like we're in season now. That's actually upon us. Right. Yeah. It's here. It huh. is here. So that's if you, exciting. If you want to come down and join us, roast some teams. Uh, you know, talk up your own team, trying to uh, spit some trade fodder into the universe like oh, we yeah. do. Then uh, we talk some trash. Yeah, do whatever you want. Come that's in what, here and uh, it's give, literally the only reason I we have I'm on this podcast so I can talk trash about Griffin. That and so I can give legal advice to NFL stars. <laughs> Secretly become uh, an agent one day. One day. Yeah, one day. Well, maybe, probably never. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna sit in my basement and play World of Warcraft. Uh, so. Thank you guys so much for listening, and that is it for this week. Thank you. See you.